0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is Sam Prime. Sam Thryne is a county legislator and he decided to toss his hat in the ring for the New York State Assembly in the 108th District. So Sam, you're celebrating... Oh, you're celebrating. You're, um, you're in your second second term for... Have the legislature, right? Yes. So what made you decide to run for the New York State Assembly?
1: Well, you know, I think we, we really need leadership uh, representing us here in the Capital District that's going to stand up for working people uh, over the interests of corporations and lobbyists. And, you know, if you look at the 108th District, it includes uh, parts of Albany, parts of Troy, Cahos, Waterville, you know, people are really struggling. And, you know, I think the coronavirus pandemic really exposes a lot of the problems with our system that so many people are living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, so many people can't afford their, to pay their bills, the mortgage, the rent. And, you know, we need, we need bold solutions. We need a uh, different type of politics. Um, leaders who are going, to, um, are going to push for things like universal healthcare, universal child care, uh, affordable housing for all. Um, you know, if we look at, for example, I was over the, um, it's been a couple of months ago now, uh, press conference in Rensselaer where there's a dump that's right next to a public school and kids there being poisoned. And people are saying, why isn't our government doing anything about this? And because we're, we don't have leadership that's willing to take a stand and go against the way that things are usually done. And so that's why I'm running. So, uh,
0: you decided to run before the, uh, Uh, coronavirus pandemic, right? Yes. So, from the time you decided to run until now, your campaign strategy, I'm sure, has changed
1: drastically, hasn't it? It it has changed a little bit. One of my favorite things to do in campaigning is just go around door-to-door and talk to people and have conversations, and obviously I can't do that now. So, We've, uh, we've been forced to find other ways to reach people, but we're, we are uh, excited, to, uh, excited to do that, and we're, and we're getting out there and finding, you know, different ways to have conversations with people and get our message out.
0: Do you think that the coronavirus is going to change the way politics are run?
1: Well, I assume you're referring to long-term, once this um, pandemic is over? Right. Yeah, I mean, I I really hope so. I mean, you know, I think that this is a really unfortunate situation that we're in, and it's really impacting a lot of people, uh, both people's health and financially. Um, But I hope people view this when we come out of it as an opportunity to really change the way that our economic system works, that our political system works. You know, if you look at what's happened, um, you have over the past decades, we've created so much wealth in this country, but almost all of it has gone to people at the top. And now when you look at the pandemic, you see the people, we're we're all told to stay home. And I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm, I get to stay home and I'm safe in my own home right now, but so many people can't stay home. Essential workers, uh, they have to go work and they're making, many of them are making almost nothing. They don't have benefits. They don't have, you know, a lot of them don't even have the protective gear. So I hope that, I hope that it wakes people up to what's going on and to, to people recognize that we have to make sure, not just during a pandemic, but after a pandemic, that everyone in our society, working people, are valued and actually um, get, are, are paid a living wage and actually get benef- you know, the benefits that they deserve.
0: So when you first decided to run for the assembly, you had uh, issues... That you were going to address, you knew what what the issues were going to be since this pandemic Has the issues changed,
1: and how are you addressing them? You know I wouldn't say the issues change too much because you know what i'm what I'm seeing right now um you know, as i as I mentioned before it's that w- what we're seeing is that a lot of the issues that already exist that we we're already talking about you know the fact that so many people are struggling in our community here the wealth, growing gap um, economic gap between rich and the poor growing economic inequality um, you know a lot of the racial disparities that we're seeing that um, that we see that um, health disparities that we that we saw in, in the that we see in the community in the south and here I represent where African Americans have um, uh, much, you know, worse health out- outcomes um, than white people, you know, a lot of those are just are being exposed more and more now. So, you know, I would say the issues haven't really changed. I think they've actually, they've, I think it's actually just this pandemic has made a much stronger case for why the issues that we've been pushing for for a while now um, are important. I mean, actually one I want to mention is paid sickly. That's something I push very strongly for in the mm-hmm. Albany County legislature and mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately it didn't pass the Albany county legislature, but the state just passed it and I think you know that's exciting that that's now passed through the state legislature uh The governor made that uh you know an issue during um he announced it this year i believe during his uh budget presentation but yeah that it's more i think people are realizing how important things like paid sick leave are right now so say it makes makes the case of the action uh even stronger
0: so I know that Doug was a pro. Propul- Doug Bullock was a proponent of the uh, paid sick leave. So, what were the um, what were the points you guys made in the county legislature, and what has been enacted by the state? Um, well,
1: it looks like that the. Version that the state passed um, was uh, very similar to the one we proposed in the county legislature, and uh, you know I think those of us who are in favor of it were making the point that uh, a lot of the people who don't have access to paid sick leave are low-wage workers who work long hours, who get paid often very little, and um, if they get sick, they're often forced to. They either go to work sick and, and, and risk getting other people sick, which I think we're seeing now how serious that is, or they're forced to stay home and potentially lose their job and lose the ability to provide for their families. So, you know, we were, we were making this case that it, there's a real injustice in our society and um, how working people are treated, and we have to, have to correct that injustice.
0: You, you, you represent a um, minority community, and... Um, it's been said that this virus is hitting uh, minority communities more than more affluent and white communities. So have you found that the case in your your district, have there been more um, people of color um, succumbing to this disease?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely, you know, what we're seeing in, Statistics and you know I'm not I'm not surprised that's the case because because of the disparities that already exist in our society that that we need to address that we should have been we should have addressed already so things like you know things we've been pushing for in the South End for example we've been pushing to try to bring a grocery store to the neighborhood because the South End which is a predominantly uh, black and brown community. Doesn't have access to a grocery store. People don't have access to fresh food. You have a couple miles down the street from me, where I am right now in the South End. You have Ezra Prentice Public Housing, which is right next to uh, the Port of Albany, to industrial sites, and people living living there being poisoned. Uh, You know, it's it's in the Black community. The the health disparities, um, the the um, yeah, the health disparities between Blacks and Whites are extremely high, and you know, in this area, in this country, um, and and, uh, you know, there there isn't access to the same uh, things like fresh food, access to health care. And then you look at, I think another piece of it is economics. It's about the economic inequality, uh, the, the, the fact, that, uh, the fact that, that black people in the capital region um, are, well, one, one, there's a huge wealth gap, for example. There's a huge home ownership gap between, between black people and white people in the capital region. And then if you look at a lot of the jobs, you know, The the jobs, low wage jobs, the essential jobs now um, that people are working, I think people, you know, you'll see people of color much more likely to be in those positions where they're forced to go and work and look at seeing articles about, uh, you know, people in New York City on the subway, they're forced to go, you know, um, people who are essential workers who, who, you know, low wage workers can't afford to own a car you know, they're forced to go on the subway and risk their lives. You know, here in Albany, people are forced to, to go on the bus to work and they're risking yeah. their lives and they're forced to go cook our food. And, you know, it's just, um, yeah, I think the, the the racial disparities are definitely, they're very real and people are really being impacted by it. And, you know, my hope is that uh, the the one good thing maybe that, that will happen from this pandemic is hopefully people will wake up about these disparities and more action will be taken so we can address them in the future.
0: So as you uh, speak to people via the internet, what are they telling you?
1: When I when I speak speak to people on the internet?
0: Yeah, um, what are they telling you? What's their main concerns?
1: Someone just actually on the commented on the on the Facebook Live actually had a good comment. Too bad they can't hear the question, so that's a good uh a good point. We might have to uh, address that um, moving forward. But on the on the internet, you're saying with people people you know posting about things on Facebook and such, right? Well, yeah. you know, I think you know people people are concerned about that they're not going to be you know they can't afford to pay the rent that they don't have jobs. I and mean, I know that someone someone reached out to me and. Um, elderly woman in my community and she didn't have anyone to buy groceries for her and, um, able to help her out and pick up groceries. But, you know, people, um, people are scared about what's going to happen. They're scared about their health. Um, they're scared about their financial situation. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's really, it's sad, you know, people, I understand, you know, we're in a health crisis. Everyone's going to be scared about their health but it's sad that so many people are now also scared about their financial situation, about their livelihood as well. That's another, uh-huh. another, you know, stress and serious concern in, in many people's lives right now. And, you know, I'd say this virus is impacting, it is impacting everyone. You know, people, people across different economic levels are, are being impacted financially and are concerned about you know, what they're going to do, but it's definitely impacting, um, impacting, poor people, essential workers, low-wage workers, way more, and it's, and it's also impacting people of color way more.
0: One of the things that uh, you have in your district is the uh, Times Union Center, and uh, millions of dollars were spent to upgrade it. Uh, in hindsight, given the fact that what we're going through now, do you think that was a wise investment?
1: I think it was, um, the times union center. I mean, I don't think that we could have predicted, you know, I don't think that it would have been a wise yeah. move to not renovate the times union center because of the uh, potential for a pandemic. And after the pandemic, it might, I, it might take a while for us to go back to normal life of having events, but we will, there will be entertainment events again, at some point. Um, we don't want to rush into that, of course, but um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it, you know, that that made a lot of sense to renovate the Times Union Center.
0: That's good. Uh so you anticipated being as vibrant as it was before the pandemic. At you know, I'm point. really I'm
1: really not sure. I'm really not sure what what's going to happen with uh you know, things like concerts and entertainment. Um I I'm I'm guessing it might take a while for, for, for that to really come back. People are probably going to feel uncomfortable going in large crowds for a while. And we don't really don't know how long this virus is going to last, when they're going to get a vaccine, uh, when, when they're going to create a vaccine. And uh, so, you know, it's really, that is really hard to predict what's, what's going to happen. I hope, I hope that we we can go back to, to, you know, normal life. We want to all go back to uh, a world soon where we, where we can't interact with people in groups and, and, I, and I'm optimistic that that will happen at some point. But, of course, we have to be careful. We don't want to rush that.
0: There's so many activities in the summer that I wish I look forward to going to. The tool press has, has been canceled. Um, the Fourth of July celebrations, they – attract people from all over the Capital Region and maybe even beyond. I don't know what's going to happen with that or what's going to happen with uh, Fest. So all of these big celebrations, it's going to hurt the economy pretty bad, right?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it is it is going to hurt yeah, the it is going to hurt the economy, all of these events being canceled, um, all of the businesses being closed. You know, it's another thing we're hearing about. It's a lot of small businesses are really struggling. Small business owners are really worried about what they're going to do. And yeah, every time these events are canceled, it impacts people who, who work there, who, who no longer have a source of income. It impacts, um, impacts the amount of revenue coming into the government uh, through taxes and Yeah, it definitely, it's something we all have to be concerned about. I mean, right now, um, I think we need, we're doing the right thing and our biggest focus has to be people's health. And we can't, we we have to cancel, we have to cancel these events because we can't put people's health at risk to because of the economy. But, you know, that's a, that's, that is, you know, that's one of the unfortunate um, things is that it's going to impact, you know, this is going to impact a lot of people and we have to, figure out a way that we can come out of this in, uh in the strongest way possible. And I think that's, you know, where we have to look towards the future and really invest in, in our future. And when you see, um, when you see, uh, you know, when we're heading towards potential recession, which a lot of people are saying, that's when, you know, the government has to provide stimulus and uh, that stimulus has to be towards has to go to working people. It has to go to small businesses. You know, it can't be how it all often is. Is the people with the most power in government are large corporations, and they manage to get the most amount of money going to them, and it doesn't trickle down to to everyone else.
0: Have you been in contact with any of the other a uh, uh, statewide? Have you been in contact with any other assembly candidates, and how uh, you know? Have you been comparing? how they're doing
1: and talking about what you're doing. Um, you know, we're mostly focusing on our, our race, um, you know, a, a race here in, in the 108th district and talking with the voters here, but um, you know, I'm endorsed by citizen action. I'm endorsed by the working families party. So I've been in touch with some of the other candidates uh, who, who are endorsed um, by these organizations as well. People like uh, Teresa right. McCombin is running for Senate and, uh, uh, the district that includes parts of Schenectady as well as a lot of the suburban areas there. Um, Joe Seaman who's running for assembly um, in the region as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, Brittany it, it, Vogel
1: who's running for assembly out in uh, Rensselaer County. Uh, but a lot of these races are actually more focused on, on the general election whereas um, we're really focused on the Democrat, Democratic primary on June
0: 23rd. It, it, does Joe Seaman have a uh, Democratic opponent? I mean,
1: a primary I opponent. I don't right? believe. I don't believe so.
0: Oh, okay. That's that's good. Um. So, um, what have
1: you learned so far? Um. What have I learned about um, about during the campaign trail or no. well, I guess, you know, I'd say I, I learned, yeah, I mean, I've learned that, you know, it's important that we always put um, we've always put the, the, the safety of people first. We're putting the safety of, you know, both our own campaign staff and volunteers and the, you know, people in our communities first. And, you know, I've learned that it's as important as, um, campaigning is as important as you know politics is democracy you know we have to make sure that you know we we, we've shifted a lot of our efforts towards making sure that people have the resources they they need and getting that information out um you know and i've also learned that you know during a pandemic during a crisis i think it is still important that we we make sure that democracy carries on uh you, you know um democracy shouldn't stop. And, uh, you know, we've, we've learned that as well. And we've, I guess, you know, a lesson to learn is that you never know what's going to happen. You got to expect the unexpected and you got to be prepared and you have to always uh, put people first. You know, we have to, when you, when you come into these pandemics and, on, in unexpected situations, you have to always kind of re-evalu- reevaluate what you're doing and making sure that uh, whatever you're doing is for the, for the best of the people.
0: When this first happened, did it take a couple of days before you realized, "Hey, this is
1: really going to devastate society"? Um, yeah, I would say. I mean, I think we we all it all, took us all a few days to kind of to for the impact of what's going to happen to our society to really set in. I mean, first I remember, you know, first they were saying cut back the workforce 50%. People were still, you know, a lot of people were still going to work. They were, um, you know, restaurants were open, but they just had a lot of hand sanitizer available. You know, then it was, um, you know, cut back pretty much all workers, except the central. So then schools closed. I think it was a shock to everyone. And uh, and originally we all weren't really sure what to make of it, but um, once, once it set in, I think, to me, it was clear, and I think to a lot of people, it was clear that these were these were steps that were necessary because it's going to save people's lives.
0: So um, ultimately, and I think um, it, this is a question that's going to evolve over time. But do you think this coronavirus will have a lasting effect on society?
1: Yes, I think the coronavirus. I believe will have a lasting effect on society. And I think we, we don't know exactly what that effect will be. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm hopeful that that effect, that one of those effects is that we really wake up to a lot of the inequities that exist in our society and how, um, and how essential workers, how low-wage workers, how people of color are really impacted to a much higher degree by this pandemic, um, you know, I hope people realize that it, it exposes a lot of the problems that exist in our society, where everyday people, working people, aren't valued, uh, where corporations and, and the wealthiest people have accumulated more and more wealth, and, and and now so many people are, because of that, so many people are in a situation where they don't have access uh, to, to adequate um, and affordable health care during a health crisis, where so many people are living paycheck to paycheck, and now the rents do. They don't know what to do, and so hopefully we can come out of this and recognize that we need to create a society that uh, really where everyone has a right to a good standard of living, um, and where we value everyone in our society. So that's one of the lessons that I hope we all learn. And and you know I think I'm optimistic. I think you know I believe that um, I believe that people are good and that people want to see a better society for us. We just need leaders who are going to fight for it. And we need to make sure that we are always um, heightening the the the, the viewpoints and of 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 people, and not the um, and not the interests of, of corporations and, and of lobbyists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, you know, I've been doing my focus on all the podcast for a number of years, and now a lot yeah. of my shows are put on. WCAA, which is the low-power FM station here in Albany, what impacts the media that was not in existence five and ten years ago, what impact does it have on
1: what's going on today? Well, I think, yeah, the impact, I think local radio stations, local radio shows like your show, like the shows at uh, WCAA, 107.3, 107.3, which by the way, is just right around the corner from me on, on grand street. Um, I think they have potentially can have a huge impact uh, because they, these are often, you know, nonprofit radio shows are run by regular people who live in the communities where, where, the, where these uh, radio shows are broadcast. And they can tell the stories of everyday people. And, you know, that's, uh, that's really important. You know, I, I, of course, I watch the, the national news. I watch CNN, MSNBC. But you know, we we uh, we have to hear the stories of, of we have to hear the stories of regular people and how this um, virus is impacting them. And these these radio shows really are able to do that in a way that um, corporate news stations aren't. So the primary is when? The primary is June twenty third, and. Um, actually I want to make note that the governor just, um, made a executive order that anyone can now vote absentee. You used to have, you usually have to have a reason to vote absentee because of this pandemic. Anyone can check, uh, the temporary illness or, or disability box on the absentee ballot application. And there's actually yeah. a way where you can do it electronically. I know with the Albany County board of elections, you can go to the website and fill it out electronically and email it in. Um, and you know we're encouraging people to do this because um, we don't know where what's uh, we don't know what the state of this uh, of the coronavirus will be on June 23rd, and it's likely that it'll still be um, it'll still be a safety and health risk for people to go into the polls in person, and I think a lot of people will feel scared to do so. So we want to make sure that people people know that they have that option to vote absentee.
0: So in the last couple of minutes of our conversation, Sam, um, tell everybody
1: your contact information. Great. Yeah, well, um, you can call me. My phone number is 518-362-8380. You can email me. My campaign email is sam at com, and that's spelled, my last name's spelled F-E-I-N, and, and the four is also spelled out. Sam at findforassembly.com. You can find my website uh, www.findforassembly.com. My Facebook page is um, my, my all my social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is find for assembly. Again, it's spelled F-E-I-N.
0: You know, one quick question before we sign off. Over the past fifteen years. Technology has changed society. What if there was no technology? What if kids were not able to learn by what uh, doing that through zoom and and what there were no blocks or radios and stuff how different How different do you think society would be without the evolution of the new technology?
1: It's an interesting question. I think um, I think it would be a lot different. I'm not sure what we would be doing right now without those technologies. Uh, unfortunately, we'd probably have to – a lot of students would probably have to just be taking the year off from school right now, and they'd have to – they'd be set back a good amount and would have to go in next year. Um, or parents would have to homeschool kids, and, and a lot of parents can't do that, and a lot of parents have uh, essential jobs where they have to go to work. So I think – you know, this technology um, has, especially, it's a good point. During times like this, it's shown how how much technology can really um, have a positive impact on our lives. Technologies like Zoom, right now I'm having meetings all the time over Zoom. Uh, you know, Facebook, mm-hmm. Facebook Live, mm-hmm. you know, there's other ways we can communicate with people. There's ways kids can get uh, go to school and uh, life can still carry on to some extent. I just had... Um, my family's Passover Seder we had over Zoom. And I know today's Easter. I want to wish everyone a happy Easter. I'm sure a lot of uh, families are doing Easter dinners over Zoom. So, you know, I think it's nice that at least, you know, during these times where people get together, families get together and celebrate holidays, we're still able to, to get together in some ways, even when we can't do it in person. So,
0: and i last minute, uh,
1: Sam, give your contact information again Sure. My phone number is five one eight three six two eight three eight zero. My email is sam at findforassembly dot com, and uh, my website is www.findforassembly.com. dot dot com. And my uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are all at findforassembly, and that's spelled F E I N.
0: Thanks, thanks, Sam. Good luck, and it's going to be interesting to see how your campaign and other campaigns evolve as as we deal with the corona crisis. Thank you, and I hope you had a wonderful holiday. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and happy Easter to everybody. Um, have a great day. Thanks, Sam. Talk to you soon.
1: Thank you, Cynthia.